Welcome to a new live podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Today is a good day. Today is a very, very, very good day. Give God thanks, man. You are tuned in right now to the New Life Podcast. My name is John Paul, and we are going to be talking to a man who has been definitely used by God in several countries. Um, He's actually a friend of my pastor, Pastor Ram Rutten of the New Life Fellowship Church in Bilston. And um, he told me this man is somebody that you will definitely enjoy talking to because he's definitely got an interesting story. He's uh, traveled all around the world and uh, been pastoring in the Philippines and also in Israel. And um, he's currently the pastor of the Isle of Man Apostolic Church and they're doing an amazing work there. So um, without no further ado, I'd like to introduce Pastor Fred Mateo. How are you doing, sir? Praise the Lord, doing well, hallelujah. I'm good, I'm good. Did I, did I say your name right and everything? You said it right, <laughs> but that's not the complete name. Actually, my name is a Hispanic name and they call it Frederico. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay, the name, okay. Fred, yeah. the name Fred actually started when I started attending the church. Okay. And instead of calling me Frederico, they started calling me Fred. And from that time on, I was called Fred. I think Frederico sounds a lot more loud. <laughs> Fred, Fred is good. Fred is good. All right then, sir. Let me um, basically say that, um, yes, I was looking forward to talking to you today, um, basically because I recently, um, well, not recently, actually, since COVID, um, be just before COVID happened in February of last year, I actually did get to go to Israel and uh, my wife, wow. it was one of my wife's dreams and uh, we got to do the Holy Land tour and all of that wow. kind of good stuff. And yes, when I heard that you had passed it over there, I was like, wow, because I know the history of the country and I know the dangers sometimes in that country as well. So I was like, well, I definitely want to speak to him. I want to find out his story and, and how he got down there. But um, first, let's, let's pull it back. Let's find out how did you first get come to know the Lord? What was your, what's your testimony? Oh, first of all, I started at a very young age. Okay. We used, or I used to attend a denominal church back home until a classmate of mine invited me to the United Pentecostal Church way back 1985. So where is back home? Because some people- That's in the Philippines. In the Philippines, okay. That was in the Philippines, and it took only three weeks, and I got baptized in Jesus' name. Wow. Because studying religion in the school, and they were talking about Trinity, it's something that actually confuses me so many times. And there was something that I was looking for, you know, something that teaches me that there's just but one God until I came to the United Pentecostal Church, and they've explained to me everything, including the new birth. And it did not, you know, it did not take them long for me to, you know, to to understand the yeah. revelation of the one, the oneness of God in baptism in Jesus' name. Wow. That was 1985. And I was 15 years old at that time. So that is amazing that at 15 you were you were searching. You were searching. It was were you yes. a bit of ahead of your class or more mature than your younger peers or what was what was it that made you think there's something more to this well 
um, as I said, my the first house my parents had, you know, is actually a neighbor to a denominal church. Okay. And basically, my siblings do go to the church, and from time to time, we also go as little kids. We would go and visit the church, but there was no conviction at all. It was just like. You know, it's Sunday, we go, if we yeah. think like it's right to go, but, yeah. you know, it's no obligation at all. It's like a ghost Sunday school student, not a regular one. Yeah. Until, exactly. until such time that there was already like, they were teaching in the school and even in the church that, you know, this kind of dogma that everyone accepts that it's the truth, but in my heart, it doesn't sound right yeah. at all. Okay. Until I was invited to this church. So that was another friend or just another person? Just a, a schoolmate. A schoolmate. Okay. Yeah. Do you still keep in contact with that schoolmate? Oh, he left the church. Oh, no. <laughs> he probably, that was where he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be there for that time to bring you in. And that's it. That's it. God uses anyone, doesn't he? He uses anyone. Yeah, that's true. Now, what yeah. was it like growing up in the Philippines? Well, way back then, it was really different depending on which, which part of the, the country you were, you were brought up yeah. to. You know, I grew up in the farm. I grew up in the countryside where my parents or most people in my place are farmers. Yeah. And uh, life then was simple, but happy, yeah. I would say. Um, um, as in comparison to the present situation now, it's totally different yeah. where, you know, life demands is too much. Yeah. And I think even people got more than during our time. I think our time was happier than now. Do you think yeah. we have so much of so much and we can actually be happy on just the simple little things? Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think. So much, but there's an enough. Yeah. that satisfies you know mankind the yeah. the appetite of people yeah um were you ever so is the philip i'm not good with my geography is the philippines near to thailand it's i think approximately two hours yeah i flew okay. one time from thailand okay. to the philippines so i forgot okay. i think it's approximately two hours flight yeah I've always wanted to go to Thailand. I've always wanted to go to the Phuket because I've seen the pictures and it, the beaches are just absolutely amazing. What's it like in terms of the Philippines? Do they have beautiful beaches and things like that as well? I, I think we have better beaches than no Thailand. way. Yes, <laughs> See? Okay. it's just that that Thailand actually promoted their tourism more than the Philippines. So yeah. Yeah. between Thai and the Philippines, I would you know. I would raise my flag. Yeah. The Philippines is the one to be. Wow. You okay. better go the first. I'm yeah. going to have to, when they, they, they let us fly again, I'm going to have to put the Philippines on my bucket list. All you right must. <laughs> All right, then. So let's, so let's find out. So from the Philippines, that beautiful country of yours, what made you suddenly think, you know what? I need to go, and go on some adventures. I want to explore the world. What, what happened then? Well, um... It happens when I was still a Bible, Bible college student, actually. Okay. I entered Bible school after high school, to which it did frustrate my father so much. Okay. Because um, my parents were then unchurched uh, people, including yeah. most of my siblings growing up in a big, big family. Yeah. 
yeah. I was the first in the family to attend the apostolic church and we are diverse. It's one goes to which whatever he or she believes yeah. to be to be his church. Yeah, yeah. But um, went to Bible schools, studied them. Um, uh, part of our studies, of course, if you're in Bible school, you study not only the Bible, but we studied archaeology. Okay. And it happens that our instructor then was an American archaeologist and started showing up slides, you know, where way back there was no YouTube or whatever. We don't have any resources except uh, what is being shown by people who've been there. And it talked a lot. And I said, one day I will go to Jerusalem. I will be standing on that Masada. Yeah. And my classmate said, oh, where are you going? After graduation, if given the chance to go overseas, which country would you like to go first? Yeah. I said, I would like to go to Israel. And he said, oh, that's no way. You haven't been, you haven't been to the capital yet and you're dreaming to go to Israel? Wow. <laughs> but it happened. It's happened. <laughs> so how old were you when, you when you made that proclamation? Oh, I was actually... Um, I think I was 18 years old. Okay, okay. And at 26, I went to Israel. Wow. Yeah. See, so you you put it out there. You had the plan, yes. and you said, "I'm going." And yes, you you made it happen. So from 18 to 26, it was just Bible school and preaching in your church in the yes. Philippines and yes. helping yeah. out with the church. No, actually, after graduation, I was asked to, to teach Bible college where I graduated, okay. but that's not the thing I felt like doing. Yeah. So two weeks prior to the opening of the school, I, 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 I had to speak to the president, uh, you know, apologizing my plan not to continue to, to help them with the teaching thing in the Bible school. Yeah. And I went home and helped one of our local churches who's still, you know, like a baby church. Mm -hmm. Until such time, I heard the call. I received a call from God to start a church, actually, in one of the regions where we don't have apostolic church yet. Yeah. So I went, I started actually preaching to the tribal people in the mountains where we had to walk. I had to walk two days to reach the tribal people. Oh, my God. And... You know, the burden was there. I so, walking so, through this. So can I hold you back then? So yes. I want to hear about the call. How what was the call? How did what was that experience? Because for you to have to act on this call and walk for two days, that has to be a serious burning thing inside of you. What was that call a moment experience like? Yes, it, it was it was I would say out of zeal and, and, you know, when you are, you are on fire, you're ready to die. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you're ready to serve. And if death takes place, you'll just say, that's fine. Yeah. So it was a conference. It was actually a ministerial conference when our presbyter started promoting um, that there are baptized already to one of the remote tribes of that province and and they need a preacher to do some follow-ups to those people living in the tribe yeah. and their lifestyle is totally different to to our lifestyle because yeah. they are tribal people yeah. and um 
um, during the conference, they said, we're looking for a young man to go. Who is that right there? And then I raised up my hand, I stood up and I said, I am the man, send me. That's a scripture as well, isn't it? Yes. And all of the pastors came and laid their hands to me right away. I feel in the Holy Ghost again now, I feel it. Because that was, I was only 19 years old at the time. Yeah, yeah. 19 years old, fresh from Bible college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they prayed over me. And a lot of people said, you don't have to go. Yeah. Some discouraged me to go because... These tribal people can kill. That's what I was about to they, say. Did, did, yes. Did, did they have arrows or how, how, much, how much were they sort of, that's what I want to know, the danger. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tribal people in the Philippines in this part of, of, of the region that I'm talking about, they are yeah. not because they are uncivilized. They are not. They okay. are educated. Okay. They have primary to high school in that, in that region. Yeah. But they are not used to receiving people to come and preach to their place. Mm. The only church they know is the Catholic church. Mm. And that's it. And to come and introduce something else could be another level. You can be in danger, which I had those experiences living in the tribe for one and a half years. Wow. Yeah. And we baptized so many people there and, and, um, um, how would I say? Some of those young people before went to Bible college as well yeah. from that tribe. I stayed there for one and a half years. So okay. after one and a half years, I, um, I I went down to, because that's in the mountain. Of course, Two days yeah. going up to the mountain. Yeah. And after two years, I had to, you know, I felt the call of God at the capital city of the province got no church. We don't have a church. Yeah. So I said, if I would start a church in the capital city where all the students, university students coming from the mountains, going down there, it would be easier to penetrate different tribes when we meet them in the capital. As, a, he- as a headquarters, as a headquarters the, kind of. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. So after one and a half years in the tribe, I went down and I started a church in that time. It was not yet a city. It was a town, but now it's, it's a city a few years back. Yeah. And and we started the church. It was was not easy. It was hard. It was living by faith. Exactly. You know. What? It give, was, give, give me give me one of the challenges. Yeah. One of those challenges that you were. Oh, right. Was the oh my goodness! When you're it's, opening this church in the city. Uh, opening the church in the city. The the main challenges I think is one you don't know anybody there. Okay. Number two, it's now. A, a metropolis where different tribes of that region are coming together and yeah. meet together in that place. And when the tribal people, or when one tribe is against another tribe and there is no peace pact between themselves, that city is the battleground. Wow. They could fight in there and kill each other in that city itself, although it is the capital where the capital is. Yeah. The second challenge is big challenge to start a church in certain place. Number two is finances. Yes. I was under the world missions department and way back, they were supporting us 2000 pesos a month. 2000 pesos in our time is only like 30 pounds a month. From that money, you have to pay for your housing, 
your accommodation, your food, your fare to do Bible study. Yeah. It was totally hard because you don't know where you get your next get meal. Your next meal, seven pound kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. And my mattress is made of cardboard. I used to sleep in a cardboard and my clothes were my pillow. Oh my and nobody God. knows. Yeah. And when I was in that city, nobody knows, not my parents, because I didn't want my parents to know what was my situation because to they worry. were unbelievers. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they didn't want me to become a pastor. Yeah. My stove is made of can. Yeah. You know, the can like a, a powdered, um, how would I say? A can, you know, oh. a make of uh, a galvanized can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. that's my that's my stove. And I look for sodas where to get sodas so I can cook my food. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was very challenging. Hard. Very and, hard. And, and, and you're, you're just praying. You're just praying, praying. You're reading. And you're... Are you excited, though? Because you're saying... Because oh. Paul talks about it for my suffering, for my persecution. Yeah. Da, 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 da. It was something that was he was proud of. But did you have any doubt as well? Well, I was still young then. And as I said, I was on fire. Yeah. I There, were, there are more days that you fast than days that you eat. Yeah. Starting the kind of church. And basically the first group of people that are being converted usually are young people because I was young then. So most likely the converts are young people and young people do not have money as well. Yeah. So it took a while until the Lord opened, you know, opened the door of heaven and, you know, people were converted. Our harvest, we started harvesting Trinitarians. Yeah. Most of the converts by families were Trinitarians where I don't have to teach them how to give because they already know how yeah. to give. Yeah, 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 yeah. And until the church was established, we have produced, um, we've sent Bible uh, uh, our young people to Bible college and some of them are pastors now. And in that region, we had, if you know, Brother Luis Jimenez, we went there last time. He yeah. was with me. We, we, we were invited to speak to one of the district youth camp where we had like 800 young people who attended then we traveled i took him to the church that i started i pioneered yeah. and it has become now one two one two three four five churches god and there were like so good there were like 400 people who came there and i still remember when i arrived in that city and trinitarians learn about my arrival and they would put my their hand toward me and they call me oneness, oneness. <laughs> and I said, yes, I'm oneness because I, I was the only oneness in the city. Wow. <laughs> no, that story is amazing. <laughs> and it's like <clears throat> all of those times you sleep <clears throat> on that can and in that cardboard, it was for what you saw going back. Yes. And it's yes. like it was worth everything that you'd done okay amen. so amen so you did all of that and then how did you get to israel from there good question yeah. because 1995 i got married okay and so how'd you meet up how'd you meet up we want to hear the story well of course <laughs> we met in the church <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, yeah. we met in the church and yeah Usually youth camp and you meet some of the, the, yeah. the girls in there, but you know, we never speak and until, you know, in due time, because he was a university student and, and um, 
you know, in the Philippines, they're quite strict when it comes to courting, courting a girl. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as the girl is done with, his, with their studies, sometimes the parents would agree and give their blessing to, right, go ahead. But again, being a pastor in the Philippines way back, if I could recall, if they see you as a pastor, it, it connects with status of life where pastors then are are placed in the bottom because uh, they're not making much money they don't have probably that's answer. the thing and that's they, the thing and they want the best for their daughters so they're sort of thinking oh, oh definitely probably, but i yeah. never had any problem with my in-laws with that because they definitely i think my in-laws fell in love with me first before my wife did ah! <laughs> that's good, that's good. <laughs> um but yeah um uh, one of her relatives came home from Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, they were living in Milan and they said, would you like to come to Italy in Milan and you can help our church at the same time, they said. And I said, why not? If I could help the church and at the same time earn a living for my own family, that mm -hmm. would be great. In fact, yeah. that's the reason why I went back while, while, while starting a church in the province that I was telling you where my my mattress was cardboard and mm -hmm. my pillows were my clothes and yeah. my, the ton of milk was my stove. And yeah. despite of all the hardships in there, I also went back to university and studied a degree. But wow. um, um, my purpose is to win souls, you know, from the, the students, just a place where to evangelize. Yeah. Although I did not finish the, the course because as I said, I got involved so much in the church. The church was growing and I was the youth president yeah. in our section. And we were busy promoting and district secretary of Sunday school. We yeah. had to travel from time to time until finally I got married. Yeah. So when I got married, as I said, going back to the place where I got married and, and a relative of my wife offered me to go to Italy. And I said, all right, I will go. So my clothes flew to Italy. They took my, my clothes, my luggages, and I was in Manila waiting for my flights. Of course, I already resigned from the church. Yeah. I have no, no church to pastor anymore. And thinking I poured out my heart, my sweat, my blood, my time to the mm -hmm. church. And I love the church, yeah. you know, and the church is no longer a, a hard church. It's a church that gives because mm -hmm. most of the people that were converted are working professionals. Yeah. But but again, I had to leave because I said, okay, I want to go to Italy. Mm -hmm. But while I was waiting for in, in Manila for my flights, something happened. There was a misunderstanding in between about the payments because we couldn't pay the whole thing. We, we were paying a big amount of money. Yeah. Uh, I can't pay the full, a full amount of money. Yeah. And I would say, we can't go. There was a problem. Um, uh, with the agreement and you know the plan was was um, was stopped yeah I was not going but then I was frustrated at the same time I was frustrated and I was crying I was crying in the streets of Manila and I said God what will I do now yeah. will I start a church again what would I do? I resigned from the church and so there's a new pastor there already I can't take it back <laughs> you'll be embarrassing yeah yeah what will I do? Yeah. And then my brother-in-law was working in, in an agency that helps people to fly, you know, and, and, and have an overseas work over, um, anywhere in the world that, yeah. where they receive an offer. 
And I was frustrated and I was crying and I said, God, let me just get out of this country. All I want is I need to get out. If it's a desert in the Gulf, let me go. If it's an island in the Pacific, let me go. And then my brother-in-law one night, he said, what are you moaning? Why are you lonely? I said, I want to get out, but I can't go anymore. And he said, you really want to go out? Yes. Well, there's a new offer. You want to come to the agency tomorrow? You'll fly to Israel. And I said, I like that, Israel. And you know what? In two weeks time from that day, just after two weeks, I flew to Israel. Wow. That's where I ended up in Israel. So it obviously it was not God's will. Italy was not in the plan. Definitely um, not. And yeah. Israel was what you'd spoken about for, as a young I boy. Spoke that. Yes. So it was like it was out there. It had to come. It had to come. It's if, true. If, you, if, if it was on that prayer list that you had made way back when, Lord, I want to eventually go to Jerusalem one day. Then that prayer got answered that time. Oh, his own time. that's true. Not, not in yours, yeah. in his own time. Yeah. So your wife, was she, was she, was she like, Israel, what? <laughs> yeah. They yeah. were definitely shocked yeah, because imagine. they knew I was heading to Italy. Yeah. My clothes, my luggages flew to Italy, but I did not fly to Italy. Yeah. So everyone was shocked. Yeah. And I said, this must be the will of God that yeah. I'm going to Israel and not to Italy. Yeah. And it happened. They both start with an I. So it's both I for Israel, I for Italy. You probably just heard yes. it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know anyone in Israel. This is I don't it. know anybody there. This and if it. I should have gone to Italy, yeah. big family there. Yes. Yeah. And they're all church people as well. Yes. United Pentecostal Church in Italy, yes. they're all attending. Mm-hmm. It would be a my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But the Lord did a detour or another direction. They, he led me to another direction. That's right. Now, in Israel, they are very much against Jesus being the Messiah. They believe he was a teacher and so forth. And did you, I've seen videos of Christian preachers on the side of the road preaching and getting a lot of abuse from the Israelis, the, the, the Orthodox Jews and so forth. Did that happen or how did that, how did that sort of start? Did you get your own building straight away or were you protected by an, a, a community there? Or? Well, in Israel, if you live there, um, it's not how it looks actually, um, the way you look, you know, with the international media. Mm. it depends on which part of Israel you are in yes like there are two religious cities in Israel namely Jerusalem and Benebra mm-hmm. I live in at first I live in Herzliya and then move on to Tel Aviv where our congregation you know began to 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 grow mm-hmm. and then we extended the work in Jerusalem eventually after a year um Speaking about that, so far, my, my experience with Israelis m- most likely are with the secular Jews. And the secular Jews are more tolerant, okay. if you like. Yeah. They're more tolerant. They're more friendly. Yeah. And I find very that. accommodating. I find that. Yeah, I find that. Yes. 
But if you deal with the religious people, it's, it is really like you're dealing with another world. Yeah. Because they live by rules. You've been to like Dudno when we have conference and you see how they have their whole, yes. they have their conference there at the same, near enough the same time we have ours, yeah. but yeah. they're not very friendly. They're not very oh, I sp- The only time I got their attention, yeah. because I knew they are religious Israeli, yeah. the only time I got an attention, just one time, I spoke Hebrew to them. Wow. <laughs> and they were shocked. Like, I bet oh, they were. This guy Hebrew. Looks, he looks Filipino. <laughs> Hebrew. I love that when that happens because it just it just throws everybody off. <laughs> when yeah, I first, that's true. When I first saw a Chinese person speaking Scottish. I thought that was weird. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah. so you were there for how long? I stayed there for eight years. Um, it was very challenging as well because one is we had to start a church to you know to where we live in the in our apartment. Yeah. And we bring, of course, like the apostle Paul, every time he started, you know, a visit the city and start preaching the gospel, he would start in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And he start with the Jews. And like me, we started meeting with fellow Filipinos who are, because there's plenty of Filipinos that are working as caregivers or healthcare assistants or assistant um, private nurses, which that's what they do in Israel. Yeah. And um you know, it's very challenging, but at the same time, it is one of the best places to preach the word. I mean, to my community, to foreigners living in Israel. If I would compare from all my ministry from the Philippines to Israel to here, I would call Israel as the promised land spiritually. I would call it the good ground. And coming to the Isle of Man, I would call it the thorny, stony ground. Okay. Yeah. Because the Filipinos are away from their families. In Israel, you're not allowed to, to, they they set a new law later on that you're not allowed to bring your spouse. They discourage that. They discourage people to settle in Israel because it's a small country. It is, yeah. And they are inviting or encouraging all those Jews who are, scattered all over the world to come back and yeah. settle in Israel. Yeah. So we understood that. And because of that reason, these Filipinos, or even for, because not only Filipinos attending the church, we have 18 Spanish people from Colombia and Ecuador and Bolivia yeah. and Argentina attending our church. So I said, it's a good ground because the moment a visitor enters the church, it's not a struggle to bring them back again. Yeah. Because people are hungry, one, because their job is lonely. They're only taking good care of elderly. Yeah. Stay in to the house of that elderly lady or elderly man. Yeah. And they have to stay there for six days. Mm-hmm. And during their day off, that is the only time they can get out. And come in fellowship. And, and come in fellowship. So they are very excited to, to, to go and attend the church. Unlike here, there's a lot of things happening because one, so it's much, a of so very, much. Yeah. so much of so much. You have yeah. your family, you have your children, you have a decent job. Yeah, you don't have to worry of anything. Yeah, but in there, it's a church where our our our, our main church in Tel Aviv, we were over 100 people, mm-hmm. and every time you preach, 
even if you don't ask the people to come to the altar, all yeah. the churches are empty. They would run into the altar and cry before the Lord. Wow. It was, as I said, it was the best experience ever. I call it the good ground. And now it, I'm in the stony ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's good that you have, you, you can see the, the, the two types of harvest and the, and the, and the different Amen. types of, of, of fields. I, I, whenever I hear you speaking, though, I, I just see the perfect example of somebody who's a laborer for God who's a laborer. They God. say that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Are few and it few. just found that you from a young age, you were ready to, 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 to go and, and to just, just, just start talking to people. Cause how yeah. do you talk to people now? Cause we're going to have to wrap it up. Cause we're only supposed to be talking for 30 minutes. What is your way of just talking to people about God how do you do that what would you give an advice to someone else who wants to be a missionary but doesn't know what to say or doesn't know how to how to start what, what would you say my my way is very simple because honestly we don't even know where we're heading to mm -hmm. when Abraham was called by God to go to the promised land he doesn't know where the promised land is he doesn't even know where the map and the direction to go there. It's all by faith. He just obeyed God, not knowing where to go. Mm -hmm. And my philosophy in life, because honestly, when I went to Israel, I had a prayer. My prayer is something that, what would I say? A negative prayer. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, if I go to Israel, Please bring me there and I will help the church if we have a church. Unfortunately, we didn't have, we didn't have any UPC church in Israel. Mm -hmm. So what would I do? I had to start sharing Jesus to my community mm -hmm. and started a church. Mm -hmm. And then when I came to, to here, to the Isle of Man, the same thing. I don't know. I, was, I don't even know where is the Isle of Man. I did. But the Lord, the Lord brought us here. Mm. First of all, we went to work. My wife and I started our job. And right there again at work, we started sharing the Lord to our workmates. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, by word, the word of God. Of God yes. Just when Ezekiel was asked by the Lord to speak to the dry bones, you know, can these bones live? Can Ezekiel? these dry bones live? Yes. And Ezekiel's answer was, thou knowest, Lord. I don't know, Lord. Only you know. Mm -hmm. But then the Lord said, prophesy. Prophesy, Ezekiel. And I love the last part when the, when the Bible says, so I prophesied. So I spoke the word as I was commanded. Whether they, there, is, there is an impact, only God knows. And that's what we do. We just share we just share if they open their heart and they believe it, praise God. If not, then maybe Keep it's not going. the time yet. Yeah, that's true. Just speak the word. So you true. know, and then tell them the story. You know, I always look to an opportunity. And the opportunity is situational, depending on the situation of that person. And maybe a situation they have, given a situation, I always look at that as a, an opportunity to share 
yeah. you know, that God loves them, that God has an answer for that situation. And that's what we did as well here in the Isle of Man. Amen. Yeah. So it's, how did you get to the Isle of Man again? Just really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it was, we were in Belfast, first mm -hmm. of all. We were attending a church to, I forgot even the church that we have there under Brother MacFarlane. Yeah, I know. Way that. back then, yeah. And it was too far from where we were. And we came to the Isle of Man one time just to visit a family here because my wife has a brother here. Okay. And the moment I set foot on the island, I said to my wife, I feel it. This is where the Lord wants us to be. And he said, no, I don't want here. It's a small island. And I said, you don't need a big island yeah. to live. Yeah. All you need is a piece of land. Yeah. And then that was ignored. We went back to Belfast. And the second time our passport was about to expire, and then when we look at our passport, no way. We need to renew because way back then we were holding a Filipino passport. We were Filipino passport holders. Yeah. So we, it has to be renewed. So we were heading to London, right, to the embassy. But when we phoned the embassy, the embassy said, wow, it's pity. Last week we were in Belfast, our outstation. Unfortunately, you didn't learn about that. Then you have to come. And, and, then, and then they said, by the way, if you can go to the Isle of Man, yeah. we are going to the Isle of Man this, this date. Yeah. And <clears throat> my wife says, yeah, we would go there because my brother is there. Yeah. We came for our passport reason. And there again, when we arrive in the Isle of Man, my heart says, this is the place. Wow. And my sister-in-law, who was then the acting deputy uh, nurse in the nursing home, and he said, there are vacancies there are two vacancies at work would you like to transfer it would you like to apply no way. and my wife says no way yes yes come on let's apply uh -huh. and we don't have resumes whatsoever yeah but the, the 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 office of that big nursing home says we will do something we'll just interview you we went for interview before we oh, flew back to, yeah, yeah yeah we yeah. don't have cv yeah just the application form because yeah. we were that wasn't the purpose why we came over to the elephant so we went to for the interview prior to our flight back to Belfast. And we went back and after a few days, they phoned my wife and they said, you got the job, congratulations. And then they phoned me and they said, I'm sorry, you didn't get the job. Oh, no. and, I, and I told my wife, you see, you're the principal. I'm your dependent. I'm yeah. following you. Yeah. You better go to Isle of Man and I'll follow you. Yeah. That's where we ended up here in the Isle of Man. But I bet you had more time to be with the church while wife was working and gave you more focus or did you just apply for another job? Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, yeah. eventually, a week after they phoned my wife that she got the job and I didn't, yeah. they phoned me again and they said, Mr. Mateo, you also got the job. Hey. And we learned that the person they, they, they employed got a bad reference. Okay. So instead of him, they gave the job they to gave it to and you. eventually, you know, it's from there we started sharing the word and the first people that we've gathered here in the Isle of Man were mm. stopped in that nursing home. Wow. And before we left that, we're not working there anymore. Yeah. Uh, long time ago, yeah. but at least the first people that we brought into the church were workmates we're there. there. See. Yeah. Now, this, yeah. this has been an amazing, amazing story hearing how you've just, you've just been so 
ready to go and you followed the call you followed the the burning desire in your heart and 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 having that passion and and yes when you when, when it was first just you and you were just able to go with the zeal and everything and then the other time having the wife there to say we've got to go again and it's just you were ready to go and it's just like no it's, it's i'm so privileged to hear that story because it is inspiring for a lot of people and um, thank you jesus and and hope one day hopefully i might hear that call as well because um right Amen. now I'm, right now i'm still just i feel building my family Amen. up and trying to get to keep doing my work and i help out at the church as well but up yeah. in and leaving and going and <laughs> somewhere where no one knows me <laughs> i've been <laughs> Have that burning desire open, Brother John. Yeah. Yes, I will. Yeah. I will. Because I know that that is what we are all called to do. To do. We have to. Matthew 28 Amen. says that's our commission. So we have to be willing to go. But I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully using social media because I'm telling you that with these sort of talks and things that are filmed like this, we don't know how many people are going to hear it. And 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 inspired by the topic, and hopefully start a conversation, and hopefully these are witnesses for for a lot of people. So, um, but yeah, amen. Thank you for saying yes to the to the amen. to the podcast. Um, <laughs> is is there anything else you want to sort of add, or any anything? Um, if anyone's listening mm -hmm. in, other man, where, where can they find? Well, if there's something that I would like to add before this podcast is going to be finished, uh, yeah. if you happen to visit the Isle of Man, please come and join our worship service. And if you don't have a place to stay, just let us know. Wow. We can maybe accommodate you. Yeah. And one testimony more before I end. Mm -hmm. I said 1985, I was the only apostolic member of my family. From that little church where I was converted, where I received the revelation of the truth. And now if you go, many of the members are my family. Mateo, if you say Mateo members in that church, we comprise the biggest number. Wow. From my parents, my siblings, my nephews, nieces, grandchildren of my, my, my siblings, yeah. they're all in the church. It's a big congregation. In fact, my family is already a big congregation. So prayer really do works. When you think, when will I wait? I baptized my father and my mother at their late uh, mid-80s. I waited so long until the Lord answered my prayers. So that was my, my thing before I said to the Lord, God, this is not right. You've asked me to preach to others. And what about my family? You know, when you take good care of what the Lord wants you to do, God will take good care of the rest, including those of whom you love. That's There's my testimony. Of, amen, amen. There's a lot of people who are praying for their, their, their family and their loved ones. And a lot of people who's been praying for a long time. But um, yeah, but that's a very good testimony there. Thank you, brother, Pastor Mateo. And um, yeah, we'll just keep on, keep on praying for our family members to Amen. see the light and to, to definitely Amen. take it from there. But hopefully, I will be in a building with you. Hopefully, in the near oh, future. Yes. Hopefully, please um, come and join us here. 
yeah i've never <laughs> been to the isle of man and my wife she does like traveling so um yeah, please come over we would love to do, we always love to entertain visitors good good welcome good. them to come good. and join us That's yes good. please and do I I, I I i know that my pastor he's been down and he's preached down there the new several times yeah and, and preached over to us so it's always good to hear from you but um but yeah anyway guys i would like to say a big thank you for listening in to our new life podcast and um you've been listening to the testimony and the advice from pastor fred mateo of the isle of man apostolic church and um yes i would like to say god bless everyone until the next one all right then take care god bless hallelujah